0: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, with the Cutting Edge Christian Apologetic Ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part six in our new series entitled 11 Ways God Allows Suffering from a Biblical Perspective. So when it comes to suffering, people respond in many different ways. Eastern religions teach that, teach the non-existence of evil and suffering in the world. And then there's the word faith teachers, and they teach that all suffering is the result of sin. There are even some people in the churches who blame God, they blame themselves and others for suffering. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will break down the true biblical view of suffering So buckle up, strap in, and get ready, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
1: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction, and we want to thank everybody out there in radio land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be uplifted and blessed by our program tonight. You know... This series has really been a blessing, not only to us as we uh, teach it and teach it to you, uh, but it's been a blessing uh, to many of you out there who have uh, heard this series. You've, uh, many of you have written us and talked about how much it's blessed you. And tonight we're going to be talking about <clears throat> the ninth way God allows suffering in our lives And that is to teach us to really love him. The ninth way God allows suffering in our lives is to teach us on how to really love him. And, you know, we really need to learn the principles of how to love God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. That's what uh, Jesus has called us to do, is to love him with totality of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know, one of the things that the Apostle Paul said one time, he said, The love of God has constrained me. Uh, You know what the word constrain means in Greek? I want you to take note of this. It doesn't mean to constrain yourself from loving God. The Greek word for constrain... In Greek means to motivate the number one thing that caused Paul to be a great leader was not only being filled with the Holy Spirit but he had that love inside his heart shed abroad through the Holy Spirit that was motivating him convicting him to want to love the Lord more and to because he had loved him so much that he wanted to love him more, and he wanted to share that love with people who didn't know anything about that love. And, you know, when you look at the book of Revelation, uh, there was a church who uh, that was one of the seven churches that had uh, gotten away from that love, and it's the church of Ephesus, and it says in Revelation 2 and verse 4, Thou hast left thy first love. In all of the seven books up to the letters, should I say, to the seven churches, uh, it starts off with uh, commendation and then condemnation, validation and then condemnation. And he says, you have left your first love. And so many of us have done that, too. In our churches, in our homes we've gotten away from the love of God and loving Him for who He is and what He's done for us and loving His Word, loving to pray, loved that love that drives us to love even our enemies and to love those who need Jesus. This is a serious thing, and a lot of times when we have left our first love and gotten away from God and gotten away from the Bible, gotten away from prayer, what God does, he allows suffering in our lives to get us back to that love. Now, let me give you a major example of this, of somebody in the Bible, and that was the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter suffered a great deal of denying Jesus, and he wept bitterly. And Jesus asked Peter, now notice what he says to Peter. He didn't come to Peter when he had denied him and condemned him and judged him. What was the number one thing that Jesus did and say to Peter after he had fallen away from him? gotten away from him, gotten away from him in fellowship, in that close, intimate fellowship with him. He said three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And I believe Jesus is saying that to you and me right now. He's saying, do you love me? Remember Jesus said on one occasion when he was teaching, that extreme discipleship teaching He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, this is what this love is all about. It's keeping his commandments. And so he asked Peter, do you love me? Three times, all these threes in the Bible. Do you love me? Do you love me? Now I want you to notice something interesting. And you may want to take note of this. The first two times Jesus asked him, he used the Greek word agape love, meaning God's love for man and man's love for God. That was the first two Greek words for the love that he was mentioning to him. But as he continued to deal with uh, the Apostle Peter, the last time he asked him and the third time that he asked him, do you love me? He changes the Greek word to phileo, meaning brotherly and sisterly love. That's what the word phileo means is where we get the English word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love, and I add to that sisterly love as well. Jesus is saying with the third love, phileo, Peter, if you really, really love me first, With the Agape love, which was the two loves that he mentioned first in Greek. Then the third love is Phileo love. Then he said go feed my little lambs. See, the love of God should burst in our hearts to not keep it to ourselves. This is not a selfish love, but a sacrificial love. This is a love that when God has Given it to us, we give it to others, not just on Christmas, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day we shed shed this love and we share this love, that shedding love inside our heart by the Holy Spirit to those who need to know and discover the love of God because he has discovered that in our own hearts He says, go and feed my little lambs. Now that you have come to understand the true agape love, now bring that into the phileo love. Very few people know that, the differences of these loves that Jesus is sharing with them. It is interesting that in Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 3, Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 3, God said, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet and that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord testeth you to know whether you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul. Isn't that the same thing the Lord Jesus is doing that is recorded in Luke's gospel, chapter 14? And verse 26, make a note of that. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. And the Lord Jesus here challenges the people who were following him uh, to prioritize right and get straightened out their love for him, number one. That's why Jesus has said in Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So going back to Luke chapter 14, there are these large crowds of people who came to Jesus for the wrong reasons, just like a lot of people in our churches. They go to church for the wrong reason. They go to hear the music. They go to hear a great sermon. They go to get emotionally hyped up. They go to see other people. But my friend, are you really going, number one, to see Jesus and to love him and to love on him and to share that genuine love with others? in this crowd of these large people following Jesus for the to get their stomachs fed, to see a miracle, to see Jesus debate the hounds of hell, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then all of a sudden, Jesus turns. This is what you call extreme discipleship. And that's why in John chapter 6, it says many of his disciples followed him no more because these sayings were hard sayings. They couldn't deal with it when he got to the point where he said in Luke chapter 14, if anyone would come to me and doesn't hate his father, mother, his children, his brothers, his sisters, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus really cut through the chase, didn't he? And I believe if he was going through the churches today, he would clean house because a lot of people's motivations is not, number one, to love him. To love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. In John chapter 12, verse 25, again, Jesus said, He that loveth his life shall lose it. Notice that. John twelve twenty-five. Jesus said, He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. You know the thing that's the problem in our world today? We love everything other than Jesus. Is, God's, is, God, is God the Holy Spirit speaking to you every day and saying, "Don't go a day without loving me by reading the Bible. Don't go a day without talking to me in prayer. Don't go a day without witnessing to somebody that don't know me. Don't go a day without sharing the good news. See, that's genuine love right there. Don't go a day without keeping my commandments because Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Listen to this in closing. And listen to this carefully. God doesn't want to be second, third, fourth best in our life. God wants to be number one, the first best in our life. Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When we don't keep Jesus first and number one in our lives, before our marriages, listen to this now, before our marriages, before our children, before our family, before our friends, and even our work and our hobbies, sports, recreation, God, sometimes, listen to this, my friend, and me closing. When you don't love God above all these things I've mentioned, sometimes God will allow suffering in our lives to teach us, to humble us, to get us back to that first love. God allows suffering in our lives so that we would love him on a tremendous level and grow in that love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14 and 15. Let me say this, and I'm done. A trivia question. Here's a trivia question for you. And listen to this trivia question closely. There are only two people in the Bible other than Jesus that is called beloved. Think about that for a moment. Who did he think they are? Number one, in the Old Testament, Daniel, in Daniel 9 and 23, is called the Greatly Beloved. And then number two, in the New Testament, the Apostle John, in John 13 and verse 23, it says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Isn't that powerful? And John was one of the ones that lived the longest Out of all of the apostles. And I believe a lot of that had to do with John just loved Jesus. He just hung around Jesus, loving him all the time, leaning on him, wanting more and more and more of his love. And Jesus saw that and he was deeply moved by that. What about you? How are you loving him today? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of
0: Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open, and you can give us a call. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Again, don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. Uh, you know, we know we know that many of you have many questions and uh, about diverse subjects, whether it's tonight's topic or something going on in your church. Or maybe you just need prayer. We're here to pray with you. Again, that number is one eight eight eight, F forkfax And we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. We know without your diligent prayers, we just could not have been on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank those who, over the last week, gave and partnered with us financially. Jackie, Benjamin, Scott, John, Megan... And, Lucy, thank you for stepping up to the plate big time and uh, hitting the home run for this ministry. We can't thank you enough for your prayers and your uh, generous financial partnership. It's just all necessary. It's all important. And sometimes people think, well, I don't have much to give. All I've got is $5, $10, whatever. And we said there's no small amount. There's no amount too small. You know, God can take the little and multiply it into a great thing. So don't ever feel that way, and you will be blessed. And uh, you know, we we know it. It's a, a sacrifice for some folks, um, but it does cost us four hundred a week to stay on the air. And without your prayers and your financial support, uh, we can't do this. Uh, we are listener supported, so we need your help. So we want you to consider. The, especially if you've listened to the broadcast a long time, many of you from the beginning, and and the broadcast has blessed you. You've learned, you've grown, you are able to uh, give apologetic answers for the faith, and and that's as as a result of uh, listening from week to week to the different messages that have come across this broadcast. And so, if you've been blessed that way, this it's time to step up. It's time to be. Uh, more than just a listener and to get in the game and participate through giving uh there's two ways that you can donate uh the first one send a check or money order to contending for the faith post office box five five three tiburon california nine four nine two zero that's contending for the faith p o box five five three tiburon california nine four nine two zero the second way. Is so much easier. Just go on your computer or your laptop, your smartphone, go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and uh, click on the Donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You know, this is the season of giving. So please don't leave contending for the faith off your list of those to give to. Uh, We want to see big envelopes under our Christmas tree that say contending for the faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But all kidding aside, we need your help. So don't forget us this holiday season as you're in the department stores, at the mall, at your favorite boutique. Uh, Remember
1: that there's a work here that needs your help. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And what we're going to do right now is get to our callers. What do we have first? First up,
0: uh, let's see, I think, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, a, <laughs> that's a dramatic pause, Vince. <laughs> 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 I had a joke plan, you know, I was gonna, but we know it's it's our good friend CeCe, so without further ado. How you doing CeCe?
2: <laughs>
1: How you guys doing? Uh, we are truly blessed. Did you have a blessed Thanksgiving? Um, yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, good. Good. And we trust you got uplifted by the word tonight.
2: Oh, uh, yes, I did. I did. I, I mean, I, it's never a time that I have not listened to it. I haven't gotten blessed. Every, every program.
1: All right. What was one thing that stood out that ministered to you?
2: Well, minister me uh, the most of us, when you said that God allows suffering to get us, get us, you know, you talked about losing your first love and you know, and that's that's true. I've talked about you know how you can you can go cold. You know, you can start not. You know, you first become a believer. You you're on fire. You're reading your Bible a lot, and you quoting Bible verses. And then after after some time, it can it can wane off, and you can start you know getting you know lazy and not uh, or complacent, as you said, and not really reading your word a lot. And it's true when that when when God begins to put that fire on you, you know, what I'm saying you're gonna get if you're truly His sheep, you'll get back to that word. And so that, that really spoke out to me a lot, and it does. And then you know, and you get encouraged. You, you get encouraged, and whatever um, stood out to me to you not only that you said how that he gives it to you so that you can sh- uh, share with other people, and that is sharing God's. And basically, you were saying that sharing that sharing is God's love when you do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really enjoyed that.
1: Oh, praise God! Glad that it really ministered to you, and thank you for sharing uh, what. Uh, you, how the lord bless you as well and you have a question tonight as well yeah i want to ask you something in romans chapter five okay and what's your verse it's
2: uh verse three
1: okay all righty and uh why don't you read verse two and three because they kind of go together like a hand in a glove
2: no problem it says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing tribulation, work of patience.
1: Amen. That's a good uh, word right there from the Word of God. <laughs> uh, the reason why <clears throat> I wanted you to read verse uh, 2 is because it sets up the fact of us rejoicing and uh, giving God the glory in everything because of the fact that uh, the uh, New Testament uh, is set up in a way where it shows a deeper relationship with God, a personal relationship with God that you don't see in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the priests were the ones who— had accessibility to a God, and the people were on the outside. And so this thing of accessibility, when it uses the word access, uh, it, it is like unthinkable to the Jews. It's just unthinkable for them to even hear that word. And yet, because of Christ's death on the cross, you remember at the cross, uh, the um, temple was torn in two, And this was the door opening to us having accessibility right into the presence of God. And that's one of the reasons why it says in the book of Revelation that he has made us a kingdom of priests. You know, there's a kingdom of priests now. There's not just one priest. And that's the thing that the Roman Catholic Church needs to understand, too, because they put so much emphasis upon a man being the priest. No, according to the Bible— Uh, We are all priests. We all have accessibility. You don't have to go to one man. You go to the God man. (laughs) That's what it's all about right now. And so uh, this uh, word is an interesting word uh, and access, and it's it's used about two times, uh, you know, in the New Testament. Uh, That's how unique it is. And it's also mentioned in ephesians two eighteen and then also Ephesians three and twelve and on uh and always refers to the believers' access to God through Jesus Christ and again, this was unthinkable in the mind of the Old Testament Jews and to many of them that was living during the time of Christ and When that door opened up, it just blew their minds and uh Yet, uh as it continues to say that uh, by faith into this grace in which we stand, so we're able to because of this grace, we're able to stand, and that gives us reassurance you know you know you notice how the words stand also is mentioned. Uh, in Ephesians 6, when it comes to warfare, the word stand is mentioned about four times. And here the word stand is mentioned again because it's re- referring to the permanency that we have in Christ, the security that we have in Christ. And there are some people who believe that uh, once saved, you can lose your salvation. Well, if you've been genuinely born again and you really love the Lord— and you're really convicted of sin in your life. Uh, you know, God gives you only one type of life, and that's eternal life. And if you could lose it, then it never was something eternal from the get go. And so this talks about the permanency and the and the it's not an uncertainty, it's a permanency and it's a certainty. And so that's the thing that we can glory and rejoice in when he says talk about standing then he comes behind that now we can rejoice in that hope of the glory of god and this means refers to the destiny the the destiny of the believer that one day we're going to not only we're not only standing now but we're going to stand before god and we're going to be able to glory in his presence and that's going to be a rejoicing day and so he mentions the word glory And then so we can look at this accessibility and all the permanency that we have in Christ. And then he mentioned all these things, tribulation and uh, all of those things. God will help us to stand in tribulation, into perseverance in the midst of the tribulation. And then God will build character out of all of this. So this is a tremendous Verse of scripture and hopefully i've been able to give you some good insight on it uh some good meat to chew on because we don't believe in giving you bones on this program we believe in giving you sirloin spiritual steaks amen (laughs) hopefully that helped you out
2: that helped out a lot i i I wasn't even expecting to get that much out of it but you that's that was that's a whole teaching in itself right there i appreciate that you You gave me a lot of insight
1: you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. So, you have a prayer request we can pray for you and your family?
2: Yeah, just you yeah, just pray for me and my family, and then lift up Justin Timberlake and um, L, the rapper LL Cool J and the singer Justin Timberlake, and my mother, Rosalinda.
1: Okay, we're going to do that. We'll have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer mm-hmm. with that. So, Lord, we just uh, thank you for Brother Cece. We pray that you
0: continue to move in his life in a powerful way, that you would bless... His mother, Rosalinda, we pray for uh, Justin Timberlake and LL Cool J. We pray, Lord God, for these celebrities, Lord God, that you would move people into their lives to speak truth into their lives, to share the gospel with them, that they might use their, their influence to touch and um, move others into the kingdom of God. We pray that you would just continue to be with CC, continue
1: to grant him favor, continue to be with him in good health. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, CC, for your call and your good question as well, and your feedback as well.
2: Thank you for the wonderful teaching. Thank you. you. Appreciate it.
1: You got it. God bless.
2: God bless
0: you. All, All right, right. God bless you. Well, it's time to, to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, Counselor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is one forkfax That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Again, that number is one forkfax And uh, once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have stepped up, especially over this last week, to partner with us financially, and to, to and have been so generous to to give to this ministry, we uh, you know appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your partnership, and uh, we can't thank you enough for all that you do for this ministry. It does cost us four hundred a week to remain on the air, and we need your help in a consistent way. We need your consistent prayers, and we need your consistent giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button and away you will go. It will be a blessing for time and eternity. And we know the holiday season is upon us. It's time to, to give. We give to so many things. And uh, we're in the department stores and we're giving money to those places. But do you ever consider giving to ministries like Contending for the Faith? Uh, we could certainly use your gift And it's so important because that's a gift that will go before you into eternity, a gift that uh, won't rust or be stolen. Uh, It's a gift that will be a blessing to you as well in time and eternity. And so we want to encourage you, now's the time to give. Now's the time to be a part of uh, the partnership here at Contending for the Faith. We so appreciate your prayers, and we so appreciate your consistent giving. So don't stop it's time to to uh, you know dig deeper, uh, especially with the holidays upon us. So we want to encourage you be a blessing, Doctor Buckner.
1: Thank you, Brother Gary. And it makes me think about how we just get so obsessed with Black Friday. I really don't like that word Black Friday anyway. Got a sinister way name about it, and we just get obsessed and possessed by rushing to the stores. Getting there, some people stay out all night, and they spend thousands and thousands of dollars, and they just can't uh, humble themselves like they should and give to ministries. Uh, That's why Jesus said, "'Lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven.'" We need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves and prioritize. We should be giving to God and ministries before we get caught up into all this Black Friday and all the other uh days of the week and and uh buying all these things and then putting God on the back burner uh you know we don't want to stand before god and and have him uh rather than say, "Well done, what's the word, Gary? <laughs>
0: Well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. and the other word, if
1: you don't say well done, he's going to say what? Well, we always say,
0: uh, I want to hear well done. I don't want to be well done, if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm talking about.
1: There you go. There you right. go.
0: And, you know, it's this time of year where people, uh, they go on eBay and they're buying stuff. But you know what? God has something better than eBay. It's called obey. There you go. Right? And so we want to obey God. By giving, we want to obey God by giving him his tithes and offerings. And, and one of the ways you can give an offering is to ministries like Contending for the Faith. So important. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Well, let's get back to our callers. All right. According to sources uh, on the other side of the glass, we're supposed to go to Rick next.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, uh, we don't want to argue with the other side of the glass. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Rick, how are you doing?
3: Uh, it sounds like your sources are right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I heard you all.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right.
3: And uh, i thought sure maybe do my part to keep the program going.
1: Okay. All right, well, yeah. on the other side of the glass is like the uh, <laughs> EF, EF Hutton voice. I've
3: <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs> uh, some stuff you might want to elaborate on.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. What what's on your heart?
3: Well, we we know that Kanye West recently came to the Lord,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it seems like he has some connection with uh, Joe Osteen. Mm-hmm. So the first part of the question is, what is Joe? O- what is his connection with Joe Olstein? And then the second question is related to Joe Olstein. What is his view on the atonement?
1: Okay, those are two good questions. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of it is, uh, is an entertainment, attention-getting thing. And, uh, you know, Joel Osteen has the biggest church in America and that sort of thing. And then uh, I'm sure that uh, he contacted uh, Kanye West to get him there to not only share about what he's doing, but also to boost his own uh, ministry and it's interesting that when uh they were interviewing Kanye West Joel Osteen just could not stay away from being in the picture he had to be right there by Kanye West and I said to myself get out the picture and let Kanye West uh share and do his thing but he was in the picture everywhere he was turn everywhere he went Joe Losing came right next to him. Now, the unfortunate thing uh, about uh, Kanye West, and I say this not only about Kanye West, but I say it about a lot of sports people and uh, people in the world of uh, uh, entertainment, uh, if we don't get to these people and disciple them, they're going to fall into a lot of false teaching. And uh, I think... Uh, You know, Kanye West, uh, the pastor from what I'm hearing, is a friend of John MacArthur, and he better get on the uh, ride that horse in the sense of discipling him, because if he doesn't disciple him right away, he's going to get deeply influenced by people like Joel Osteen, and that's not a good thing. Discipleship is the key, you know, that we disciple people right away, like Jesus did, so that they can become extreme disciples. and. You'd look at people like, uh, you know, Deion Sanders, uh, Emmett Smith, you know, Michael Irving. They're all in the church with uh, T.D. Jakes. You know, he's a Pentecostal oneness. And if we don't watch it, you know, Joel Osteen can sweep, uh, you know, Kanye West right up under his his rug, too. The unfortunate thing about, uh, you know, Joel Osteen, he's a word, faith, uh, prosperity teacher and name it and claim it. Uh, he teaches that you can become little gods. Uh, he teaches that uh, like a Star Wars principle of faith, uh, that uh, faith is a force, a fo- words of faith as a, as a force. And through the force of faith, you can create your own reality. You just name it. Whatever you want, you just name it. And if, if it doesn't come uh, to reality, they say because you have a lack of faith. Now, faith is a gift. It's not something that you heap up and you create. Faith is a gift from God because the Bible says God gives to every man the measure of faith. And it's not faith that dictates God. They think faith dictates God. You can tell God whatever you want. But no, that's not the way it operates. Faith is something that uh, operates under the sovereign will of God. And God works sometimes independent of our faith. And that's, that's the way it works, see? so, But this is the thing that's one of the most damnable teachings of Joel Osteen, and I have it in my book. I wrote a book on the essentials of the historic Christian faith, and I want to share a quotation uh, on Joel Osteen, this damnable teaching on the uh, vicarious atonement. Uh, this is what uh, word faith teachers like Joel Osteen and Joyce Myers and many others teach that Jesus didn't finish or complete the plan of salvation on the cross. They teach that at the cross, Jesus had a transformation from divine to demonic, and that he had to die and go to hell and be born again in order to complete the plan of salvation. The, these word faith teachers deny the efficiency and sufficiency of Christ's finished work and atonement on the cross. Joel Osteen goes even a step further. Now, listen to this carefully. Quote, Even Christ's victory in hell was insufficient to atone for our sins. After the resurrection, there still had to be a blood sacrifice for our sins. There still had to be a price paid. That is why Jesus presented his own blood in the High Court of Heaven as a sacrifice for all our sins past, present, and future. Now, this is on page 31 in The Ostinification of American Christianity by Hank Hanegraaff from his book. He wrote a book on this. So anyway, uh, we need to get to these people, like even Fred Hammond, you know, one of the great singers and uh, musicians today. He got influenced by TDJ because nobody discipled him. And it's going to go on and on and on until we get to these people and disciple them, you know. And we can go back to even people like Malcolm Little, Malcolm X, and who got to him first in the prisons, the Nation of Islam. And he was a great leader and died a terrible way. And so we need to wake up to these things and come to grips with it and get into this discipleship, get equipped so we don't get a whip. And then we need to be, know what we believe and know why and give answers and train people and equip them. So hopefully that's helped you in, a, in a addition to Joel Osteen. And I want to say one more thing, that also the word faith teachers teach that in the Garden of Eden, uh, God had failed. He was a failure. When mankind f- uh, fell in sin, they blamed God for it. And they also teach that Jesus was created. That at one time, uh, God spoke, and Jesus had these—was all just nothing. And then he came into being bones, and then on the bones, flesh came, and then also Jesus appeared. You know, this is, and the Bible teaches that Jesus is God from all eternity. In the, in the beginning was the Word, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld this glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was the one who stepped out on nothing, grabbed a handful of nothing, threw nothingness nowhere, and it became a universe. You know, to say Jesus was created is a damnable teaching. So hopefully that's helped you out, brother Rick.
3: Yeah, I I I have noticed observations lately about a lot, a lot of stuff that's going around. Mm-hmm. It should be an emphasis on being able to command God mm-hmm. to motivate us. Which is which is the which is the real which is the most basic premise of uh attracting people toward faith.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
3: And I'm, noticing, I'm noticing it's growing more not only just in Word Faith, but it's growing in other. Uh, it's going even in other churches. It's, it's being used as a way of motivating people.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I notice. I notice this, uh, and, and I believe the uh, groups like the, uh, the Christian Jewish Jew, Jew Foundation, not mm-hmm. the foundation, but one of the, one of the very well-known Christian Jewish show uh, groups that's using the Holocaust
1: mm-hmm.
3: as a means of advertising. Oh, yeah. And
1: if you do this, you will be promised a blessing. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this goes back again to ignorance and the curse of the church is biblical illiteracy, Uh, you know. And if we don't do our jobs, the cults and stuff is going to come in and do it for us. Well, thank you so much for your call and your question as well. Glad to help you out. All
3: right. God bless.
1: All right. God bless. And you get better. Let's keep Rick in prayer. He's in a care rehabilitation place right now, so we need to keep him in our prayers. All righty. All right. We're going to go to Jermaine next. Jermaine. Hello. How are you doing there? I'm doing very good. Oh, good, good. Uh, did you hear most of the program tonight?
3: Yeah, I did, and I, I was really blessed by the uh, question and answer portion, especially tonight.
1: Oh, good, good. And what's on your heart, my friend, so we can use our time-wise? We have about three more minutes, and we don't finish with you. We'll pick up next uh, Saturday. What's on your heart?
3: Well, um, I guess what's on my heart uh, most immediately is, uh, you know, election times coming up. Uh, I-, I like the election times because they kind of expose the hypocrisy of a, lot of a lot of people. But I notice a lot of believers don't want to vote, or excuse me, don't seem to want to pray as they're commanded in Scripture for whoever the current leader is in power if it goes against their party I was just wondering if you can give like a brief synopsis of what it means to to be a Christian and pray for your leader even if you don't care for the leader
1: (laughs) the Bible commands us to do that to pray for those who are in leadership and it says it over and over and over and uh, we uh, are called to be Christians and it goes back to what I was saying in my message earlier is uh, you may disagree with somebody's position uh, or who they are, but uh, if he's the president of the United States, the Bible commands us to pray for those in leadership and pray for the rulers. And, uh, And if we demonstrate hate, which I see a lot of today, if we demonstrate a lot of hate for the leaders of our country, and we demonstrate a lot of bitterness then we need to get on our knees and cry out to God and and um you know repent because you don't see this with the people in the bible where do you see jesus rebelling against the roman uh government you don't see it anywhere matter of fact m- matter of fact you don't even see it uh, regarding uh, even the capital punishment of the people on the cross, Jesus never debunked that. So uh, it's, it's a situation where Paul even uh, didn't ever rebel against it. He respected the leader. And Jesus said, render the things that are due to Caesar the things that are due to Caesar, and render the things that are due to God the things that are due to God. They always respected and prayed for the leaders, and Paul always tried to reach out to save those leaders, and it's a beautiful thing when you see some people like uh, Clemson team and others who are Southern Christians go to the White House and then they put their hands on the president. They, they did that and prayed, you know, the Alabama team. And when they won, they went in and prayed for the president, put their hands on it. It's beautiful. We need to see more Christians doing stuff like that. We don't get anywhere with a lot of hate in our heart. All it does is make things worse. And then we got to stand before God and give an answer to that. So hopefully that helped you. We're going to try to squeeze in another caller, uh, but let's talk about this some more and call in a little earlier, and we'll talk about this some more next time you call. All right. All right. Let's see to try to get in.
0: Uh, Let's go to Sophia.
1: Sophia, you got about a minute, unfortunately. But uh, what's on your heart, dear?
2: No, that's okay because I'll call in next week. It was so fabulous—the two different kind of loves that really spoke to me. So I have to thank you the agape love and 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 that's so important because obviously if you love jesus then you have to love your fellow man and pray for them and try to save them so i and i have to thank you because i did all week read the td 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 jake uh, remember last you told me to read that what you had written
1: oh you got a chance to read the article
2: oh it was so fabulous i have i have to thank you for that as well so, and, of course, I pray for Rick and Rosalinda.
1: Well, thank but you so much, and we appreciate you, and God bless you, and we'll talk again with you next week. All right. You, All right. God bless. Brother Gary, knock a home run in the name of Jesus.
0: All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.